Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Waypoint Radio episode. I don't know, Kata, which episode is it? What are we? A five, five, ten. A ten? Five, oh, ten. I pulled that out of my wow. ass. Let's go. You did it. Five, ten. I do well when I write the newsletter, so it's like I get like an inkling of right. like where we are at the at the numbers, um, even if I didn't write that down <laughs> on, on my intro. Uh, Robin didn't play any video games this week. Just said no to video games, and so you instead have me <laughs> as your host. But that's okay. Imagine other people who Rob as a Rorschach like figure looking down upon the wash the great unwashed masses of video uh, games. People and people no people doing the things <laughs> most closely associated with what they're paid for. Can't imagine. Yeah. Can't imagine doing that. Sorry, we're too busy recording. Waypoint's wildly successful sports podcast, uh, which people <laughs> think is now just called Sports. Sports which is a funny na- is a funny name for a podcast, though I should say it's not. Not definitive. It's just some some kick ass uh, artwork, which was created by our producer Ricardo Contreras. Hi, I just changed uh, colors on our old logo. It's it was very fine. fun. I don't know how to fun. do that. I that's, matched. I, I did. I did try to match the orange. I looked up the you know the hex code and all that for the the, the, the bears. bears official orange. Yeah. So no, you did. You did a good job. You matched at least however it feels in my. My mind, my body, my soul, my bowels uh, of how the, the, the bears <laughs> feel and look to me. Um, we're also joined by our other producer, uh, Renata Price. Hello and howdy and hi and hello. Uh, we're going to keep this one a little short. We had a long planning meeting for a thing you will hear more about in the upcoming weeks. Um, and also we've been firing all cylinders on podcasts you know there's uh between pod, pod, back-to-back pod. weeks of sports uh and then um what soon they'll be able to listen to the new episode of my turn right Kyle? yeah That'll alien goes up soon? today when we're recording onto the yes. plus feed yes uh so regular feed to... people you'll you'll hear that next week <laughs> <laughs> oh ah who could even imagine having to wait a whole week to listen to us talk about Alien, I could not. It's a very, I would just go to Way- very good I would just go to waypointplus.com and, and just fix that immediately. Um, <laughs> uh, you were also fixing something, Kato, and you were about yeah. to explain what you were fixing. But because sometimes there are conversations that just happen off the microphone, this one has happened on the microphone, which is it why has, I wanted the audience to have an update. But uh, you were opening a package. Yeah. And... Maybe you got a cool device. Maybe you got like a cool, like a mouse. You complain about not having a mouse. Like, oh, we finally bought a mouse. But then you pulled out an ice pack. And I was like, well, maybe there's a live mouse in there. You know, he just took it. He took it too literally. Uh, And so, but you, you, you pulled out something, something else entirely. The, um, the, uh, during, during, yeah, during the, the meeting that we were having, I, 
got a, a doorbell ring and I ran out because I, I knew this package was coming today, possibly. And it's very important that I get it as soon as it lands because it has live specimens inside of it. Uh, <laughs> it has an ice pack. Is that something you get on Amazon? No, you have to call like a special place. I got this one from Arbico Organics. But apparently this oh. is a thing that exists because moths are just a problem for uh, clothing. Although that's the specific problem I'm having where they are multiplying in my apartment. And we You've thought had them we reading in a closet, right? Yeah, yeah. They were on clothes. They were in on some like wool jackets. And it's like, it was bad. Um, and then we put out traps. Wasn't this originally related to your uh, your partner's art projects? They had They have a stash of yarn that they keep here mm. for because mm-hmm. they do various fiber work alongside their drawing and painting and so there was just a a whole stack of like i don't know probably like imagine in your head what like like 15 pounds of yarn looks like okay i thought you were gonna <laughs> like explain to me what 15 pounds of like moth eggs are and I <laughs> no, guess no. that's why I had oh that's God. why I had the gross oh, face already I was like no. yeah I'm a, no. I'm, a ma- I'm imagining you know uh like an alien <laughs> when they come across a yeah. bunch of eggs yeah it was bad they were all up in the yarn balls there were definitely some we just threw out and we're like we're not gonna go f- deeper we don't want to know <laughs> at this point because it's kind of uh a lot on the outside but they tend to like to crawl into small spaces anyways we've sent it back like various like home remedy things that you do, you know, you put cedar blocks in places, you of it, you, you put like things the in the oven. On fire. You put things in the oven for a certain amount of time at like a low temperature and it kills most of the things. What? We, what do you mean? What what are you what are you putting at a low temperature? Uh like uh clothes, just like everything that they oh. could have like laid an egg on. Oh, oh, I see. You okay. put it in the okay. oven. Okay. At like okay. 170. Wait, hello. 170. 170? You're yeah. putting your clothes in at 170. It's fine. It's fine. That is Nothing so melted. bad for the fabric. No, That's, it's all looked it up on Google. If it look, if there's a like <laughs> we learned this in previous podcasts. Yes. As Kato has pointed it's out, so bad for if you can find it in a YouTube video, you can follow the steps. Yeah. And the steps said, step one. Put, Put your clothes in, in the oven. damn oven at 170. And it'll kill it'll kill the eggs, which is important, because nothing else kills the fucking eggs. No mm. mothballs don't kill the fucking eggs. And we also don't want to do that because that's gross. So yeah. we did the whole process of like taking every piece of fabric that we could think of that existed in our house and put it in the oven at 170 and then put them into plastic bags so that the fucking moths couldn't get back into them. I mean it's not it's not dissimilar to when you have uh bed bugs. And bed bugs are kind of will, worse, but yes. <laughs> but but I mean, like yes, w- similar. In an instance where we had those, you put them in the dryer on high heat, and you just run that right three times yeah. until like, and it's the same. It's the same concept. Similar kind of. Thing. You know what? Honestly, not dissimilar to Alien. Like <laughs> I don't know what to do. Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. Uh, Kill it with fire. But so, uh, that doesn't like they can still lay eggs other places that aren't the thing that they eat they just are most sure. likely to do that because right. the little larvae need to eat come kind of immediately but they can like sometimes put them on the underside of like dressing drawers or like well, they can put it near enough that they'll crawl over and eat whatever material they need and they can like they can also survive off of fucking like paper fiber which is not the type of fiber they like 
They'd rather it be animal Those fiber. Stupid, but they're, they're trash bugs? Yeah, the cockroaches of the sky. Uh, 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 wait, so what did... What are these so, parasites? So you showed a little bottle yeah. of, of parasites. Are we like sprinkling this like it's Parmesan no. cheese and uh... Parmesan? <laughs> no, that'd be funny. But the, look, they they send basically. So the answer to this is you get a wasp, a specific type of wasp that is parasitic. That they want that they want to consume. The no the what the wasp does. So here's they have these little paper tabs. I'm showing this to the, but for the uh-huh. listener at home, it's basically a little paper tab where the top half is got a little hole in it where I can hang it off shit. And the bottom half is like basically glued on. Um, it looks kind of like gravel or sandpaper. I would, I would say, Yeah, I was going to say sandpaper. Uh, and what it is actually is a ton of, uh, wasp eggs. These are all wasp, wasp eggs and mm. wasp egg and wasp food. So they had, don't, from, they this had, is a terrible <laughs> reveal. This is the worst <laughs> idea I've ever heard. So, hey, Kato, to be, hey, Kato, yeah, Kato, yeah. lick it. No, <laughs> absolutely not. This is oh, important. Oh, oh, Patrick, <laughs> you can go in front of a camera and basically swallow a switch cartridge that you don't know where it's been. But Kano won't lick. I won't the wasp, lick the wasp eggs for content. <laughs> so nobody's question? watching right now. <laughs> nobody's wasping right now. Yeah, is what well, I is what I, I feel. What level of certainty do you have that none of these fuckers are going to hatch? What do you mean? They're wasp eggs. Yeah. They're going to hatch. I've watched them hatch. Actually, if you on your wall where you nail them up? Yeah, yeah. You can you can see them. They're very they're, here's the thing. Kato, so people are, are you thinking releasing wasps into your home? What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck is <laughs> going on? This is a very specific about? species of parasitic wasp that is microscopic. They're smaller than noceums. They're like tiny, but they're still technically a type of wasp. So they're not wasp. Yeah, not the so wasp. like a gnat. Is that what? Is a no see a gnat? Is that what essentially? You're... Yeah, like okay. you know the like tiny ass bugs or that you fr- know technically exist. Fruit flies tend to be a little bigger, I think, but like the kind that like you know technically exist, and sometimes you can feel them, but they're like so small that you're gonna miss them just flying through the air. So that's what Bro. these are. Bro, you are releasing (laughs) invisible wasps into your home. What are you doing? What they do is they specifically look for moth eggs. They go to the moth eggs and they lay their own eggs inside of them. And then when (laughs) there are no... Eggs on top of eggs on top of eggs. (laughs) Yeah. They take over the moth eggs. So the moths never hatch. Their, Their eggs hatch. But this is the only way they can survive, which means after a generation has gone through doing this and there are no moth eggs left, they just die out. How long does the generation last? Uh, it's like... Uh, 18 months? <laughs> no, it's not that long. It's like, a, it's like a few weeks. I believe it's three to four weeks. It's still a I'm, long time to have a part of your house that yeah. you can't enter because well, no, of a lost zone. It's fine. You're the going back zone? in there? Yes, 100%. I've, this is, to be clear, this is the second time I've done this. The first time it worked. I'm never going to your. <laughs> it, when did you, you do the first time? You cannot see them. They are in me. They are completely. But you told me they exist. That's <laughs> what. That's like when someone came up to me first and time? said, "Hey, I've got these. Uh, if you hang this up on your wall, it'll tell you if God exists." <laughs> and then it turns out it does. Yeah. So, well, you can't see him. Like, yeah, but I know he's there. Kind of fucks up my whole thing now that I know God exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kato, uh-huh. when did you first do this? Uh, back when we originally, so it was like 
late June, early like mid June. Have you been to Have you been to his? That's what I'm trying to collaborate. You've been to their place. That's what I'm trying to collaborate. What the? That's what I'm trying to calibrate. Is if I have been in Kato's home during the Wasp Hour. Did Kato's camera just go bad for you? Yeah, it did. Is Kato's camera working for you? Kato's camera is 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 uh, is. We're we're now actually looking at Wasp Kato. Oh, oh, there they're back. Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, kind of started shit talking. Oh, so I was there when the wasps, (laughs) when the wasps were present. Is that what you're saying? Probably. When was it? When was it? When was it? You don't think this is something you should warn people about? When was it? it? It's nothing. They they, they don't. They don't attack. They don't. They don't eat human. They don't well, do if the I'm sting. Breathing in a thousand wasps a second. You are I already. Know. There are bugs and organisms don't in your body. Tell me that. That is not a good excuse. <laughs> don't for tell not telling people. Do you know how many tardigrades just breeding, exist in the bre- fucking air? Yeah, but <laughs> you're bre- you're breeding them. Yeah, explicitly. Look, lots of things yeah. happen in life that you can't account for. Yeah, that's life. But then if you if there's a door that says. Yo, inside there's a science experiment occurring. They are breathing. I'm, I'm double masking in Kata's house here right now. I'm double masking <laughs> that, like, nah, I'm not. I'm not breathing in your wasps. Here's you a, can't get me. Here's the other I know thing about this specifically is that this isn't some like thing that I'm doing. Like, I I didn't buy these wasps to use for this reason outside of like this is the purpose. This is the explicit purpose that these wasps exist. Like they are sold for this specific thing and to be as unintrusive as possible. And usually they're sold to like uh, uh, farmers who have like really bad uh, stuff uh, with moths like eating their crops and shit. But it's like it's like a totally okay thing. I'm just like one with nature. The wasps are part of my ecosystem, and I'm okay with that because they're helping me out. The the, the way the way you are talking about this now (laughs) is insane. Makes it so much worse. I'm done. Okay, wasps. No, wait. Can I ask one more question? One last one from the audience. Sure. Kato, is has there ever been a time while doing this process when the density of wasps was such that you're like, oh, hey, look, a wasp cloud? No. No, you can't. You've see never them. had a wasp no. cloud. No, hundred percent not. You can't see them because they're not dense enough. They're yet. not dense enough. They they don't tend to swarm that way. And like they're the so tend. small, they're so small. I I had to take out a loop to look at them to see if it was real because I wanted to know. I was like, is this just bullshit? Like I don't see anything. And it's like I took out my little. So a loop is like that little like yeah. eye thing that you could put over photography usually, uh, or sometimes when people are looking at like. Jewelry, jewelry. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah, I think of. the jeweler's loop is 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 the, but I have, is the signature loop. I have a bunch of uh, photography loops, so I took out my little photography loop and put it on the thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there they are. They're walking around hatching." So they're just tiny, they tiny, tiny like invisible moths. No, I'm done. They look like wasps. No, they look like kind of weird small bugs. Like it's hard to. T- it was hard to tell details even then, even with the loop. They're very, very small. So they look like a little guy and not like a, just like a tiny wasp. No, yeah. They, there's like no that stinger. Really there was no me. like, there's no like visible stinger. They look like a little guy. They're not giving wasp. No, they're not giving wasp. They're giving egg bug, honestly. They're little round guys. <gasps> they're giving egg bug? Yeah! Shout outs to cohost.org. 
I can go to Kato's help me egg bug. You can meet you can meet tiny invisible egg bug. I can meet egg bug at Kato's house. <laughs> okay, I'm, okay, we're done. Egg, egg bug. Uh, but you know what? Frankly, it doesn't get any better for any of us because we're just trans. We're just transitioning to to talk about something. Get the fuck, Kato. Get take that away from your mouth. The, the other side. The other side is just paper. <laughs> I did. I did look. Talk about something that is that is also when described, when looked at, looks uncomfortable and nauseating. Yeah, which is hyper demon. So actually, Kato, he provided us with an excellent (laughs) transition. There are bugs in hyper demon. Let me tell you about scuttlebugs. The new game from the developers of Devil Daggers. Yes, Uh, Sora Uh, is the name of the dev. Yeah. Do you want to set up hyper demon? Yes, I do. Uh, so Devil Daggers was released in, I believe, 2016 uh, as like a surprise hit uh, indie FPS as like a score, not score, it's like a time, how long can you survive FPS uh, set in the sickest metal hellscape you've ever seen uh, that is all about managing swarms of flying skulls uh, and demons kind of assaulting your vision at every moment as you fire daggers out of your fingers that was devil daggers it was extremely popular uh, or surprisingly popular for like a five dollar indie game uh and then the developer went quiet for many many years uh before showing up uh randomly uh without warning uh i believe four days ago and dropping hyper demon the sequel to devil daggers which I, the only way I can describe Hyperdemon, to, to pull on a head I wrote earlier, is uh, Hyperdemon makes every other version of Hell you've seen look like a bad first draft. Because Hyperdemon, every single thing you see is bathed in, like, gold and chrome, covered in blood. The game uses a fisheye lens. Yeah, well, which, this is new, right? So, de- like, Devil Daggers is a, is a game that was extremely frenetic yes. and fast yes. and... Like a, a sensory overload on purpose, um, yes. combined with the speed of a like a quake, right? Um, yes, I would say that Devil Daggers is not sensory overload on as on purpose as no, no, no. Well, I, I guess what I mean, like if you absent the existence of Hyperdemon, you could yeah. look at Devil Daggers and be like, wow, this is meant to overwhelm me, and then all of a sudden you look at Hyperdemon and go, no, <laughs> that was nothing. And specifically, like when they when they first announced this, it wasn't on Steam. When they were describing, I know a fisheye is 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 a good analogy for, it, but like practically speaking, what does that mean in the game as the player? So basically, to to put it to put it into into clear context, what is the highest FOV you've ever used in a first person shooter? I don't mess with the FOV, so you don't mess with FOV, so probably no. like. 65 80 yeah whatever the, sta- the standard sort of stuff is I, I know between... that for some people they either have a preference or there's a motion sickness associated with with fov but i've never had to, to really touch it so standard fov is between i believe like 45 ish uh which is really small uh and like probably 110 120 that's where they top out hyper demon starts at 90 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it tops out at 180, which is what I play with. Uh, oh so my, my character can see a full 180 degrees of vision. Wait, so you're uh, taking a game that already has yes. a really wide FOV and then choosing... I was pushing it to the absolute max. Because okay. this happened 
because I started playing on 90 and I was like, okay, cool. I kind of get it. And then my brain was like, we need more information. We need to be processing more things right now. Let's knock that up to 120. And I did. And my brain was like, hell yeah. And then after like 40 runs, my brain was like, you know, there's extra information that we could be using here. We could, we could, we could know where everything is all the time. <laughs> we could know where literally everything is all the time. And I went, what? And my brain went, we can turn it up to 180, baby. And I said, you know what? Let's get a gamer. And then I did. And it's astounding. Is it and- useful or just yes. aesthetically pleasing? Both. Okay. It is both useful and aesthetically pleasing because the other thing I should note is that you don't just see in front of you. You can see behind yourself too. So in Devil Dag, sorry, in Hyper Demon, you are in this almost black void with this like opalescent glowing floor uh, that you are walking across that is reflecting the world in front of you. Great, cool, 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 cool. You're, the whole thing is that you're trying to kill as many demons as you can as fast as possible. Uh, the scoring starts at 10 seconds, so like 10, uh, and starts counting down from 10 seconds. Every time you kill an enemy, you get an additional three seconds. And so your goal is to kill enemies faster than the score is counting down. Uh, so basically, if you kill one enemy in a second, your net score gain is two. If that makes sense. Okay, so the scoring is not like a uh, like you're getting a hundred points. It's actually like it's how much time you can add. Yes. Total. Yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Oh, there, like, there, I will say, as an aside, I, I played this game for about thirty seconds just to confirm that I admired Devil Daggers, but didn't want to play it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure if I didn't like that, I don't think this one's going to be much different. And I confirmed in thirty seconds, it's not, it's not for me. But the just look it up if you if if you also believe that this game is not for you. The scroll that it does to rank you on the scoreboard is one of the coolest like mechanisms for displaying yeah. like where you rank. It is it, it like so feels good. so satisfying to realize you are at the bottom of the leaderboard and aren't any good at this game. Uh, and that was the satisfaction I got out of my two minutes in Hyper Demon. I so I was playing on day one, and so I was in the top. I was in the top hundred for a. I was in the top fifty for a while, uh, and then I was in the top hundred, and then I was in the top thousand, uh, and now I'm back in the top five hundred. Uh, my my the long my highest score is ninety three, uh, and so you go in. There are four types of enemies. One of them are called colloquially called scuttlebugs. Uh, scuttlebugs, you shoot them with your cool daggers, they get stunned, uh, and then you can either finish them off by shooting them more, or you can jump on or dash into them, at which point you boost forward like you do in, uh, like you do with the balloons in Neon White. Um, there are, uh, these, like, weird snake skulls who like to, uh, attach themselves to power-ups, and you have to destroy three of the skulls and the snakes all go away. They're motherfuckers. Uh, There's an enemy spawner that just makes little skulls and then a big skull, whatever. Uh, And then finally, there is an enemy that sucks in all of the gems that you use to uh, charge up your weapon, uh, which is either a stream of daggers or a cool laser. Uh, And so they suck up all the gems that makes your laser cool. And so these are the four enemies the game has. The spawning order of these enemies is always the same. And so, the thing I actually think that makes Hyper Demon really sick, in addition it's kind to... kind of a puzzle. 
It's a puzzle. It's not just a puzzle. It's a skating game. You're trying to make a line. Like you are trying to make a combo line between all of these very specific mechanics and very specific enemy placements of being like, okay, cool. I know that at this point in the run, I am going to have these elements at play. How do I make the perfect line between all of these things? So for example, every time I start a run, the first 10 seconds for me, I destroy a spawner. I destroy its crystal. I pick up the little gems. I jump into the air. I ground pound on one of the serpent guys I was mentioning earlier. I take its crystals. I shoot them out at the scuttlebugs. I dash into the scuttlebugs and I go from there. Uh, And so like that is a line that I have set up. That is a line that I understand. And so every time I'm running through uh, and like coming into these same enemy patterns, I'm like, okay, cool. How do I set up this situation such that these people will be in this position at this particular point in time while also improvising in order to keep your score up? It is an incredible feeling. Uh, once, once you've like hit that level of like understanding how to build score, it is unlike anything else I've ever played. Um, where it is this mix of clear strategy and trying to do like fighting Fighting games is the best analogy I can think of for it, where it's like you are doing set play in a fighting game, where you are setting up very specific things that you can put your opponent, in this case the game, into situations that you can manipulate uh, and and benefit from, right? Uh, and it is it combines that with this extremely, initially, overwhelming visual aesthetic that eventually becomes like second nature. Um there is a, I didn't turn it up to 180 FOV because I wanted the game to be harder. I turned it up to 180 FOV because my brain was like, no, 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 we need all of this information to be able to do this properly, and you can handle it. The and idea the, of seeing behind, uh, Kata, when we played that one, uh, remember when uh, we were doing the demo yeah. streams? I think it was one on Xbox. There was this, what is I that called? Maybe it was the Steam one, but there was there was a shooter in which like the the, the basic like premise was when you shoot, you're shooting in front of yourself and in back of yourself and that you, I don't know if the screen was split or you had like the equivalent of like a rear view mirror um, in a car. Uh, And Kato and I looked at this game for about a minute and a half and went, I'm not motion sick, but I don't want to look at this anymore. (laughs) And that's, that's really the reaction I had. Uh, So Devil Daggers, I, I dropped off not because of the mechanics, but because it's a high score game. And like, I just, yeah. I, they just don't, I find them do not find them personally motivating. Um, this one, I'm sure if I spent like real time, I could grok more of it, but it is so aesthetically overwhelmed, like purposely overwhelming. It's a sensory overload on purpose that that is almost as much of a, uh, block to getting into what the game is. than, for example, it doesn't explain any of its mechanics. Unless yes, you it specifically does. go into a tutorial okay, yes. and, and, and look them, but it doesn't like, Hey, Let's like walk you through them. And it has a good, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's a lot going on. It's not just shoot and like a dodge. Like yeah. there's a million different uh, mechanics. It's, it's a really, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's a game I have a deep respect for and want nothing to do with. <laughs> like, yeah. Just absolutely none. <laughs> it's a game I want to put out in attract mode. Like when I've talked about games with attract modes and how cool they would be, this is a prime, like cool to look at in, in no world do I want to play it. <laughs> it is. 
another good comparison. Actually, I'll use Neon White as a comparison. Hyper Demon wants you to learn how to play the hardest levels of Neon White from minute one. And is like, here is the hardest level of Neon White you can possibly imagine. This is point A. Yeah, uh, and I go, and that, you are, I'm too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it goes, we want you to see how far you can push this. Uh, and some people have. Some people have hit 360, which is the game's max score, at which point I believe you fight some kind of divine being. Uh, there, and then yeah, the game there, there is, I, I will say, one of the, 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 the points they were making about this one was like, hey, there's an end. Like, there is sort of a, an arc as opposed to just go until your fingers bleed. Um, yeah. Sort of thing. Although I want, I, I presume maybe if you defeat whatever the being is, that it loops. Does the game end or keep going? Uh, so from what I can gather, it seems like you can loop it again and keep the same level of power you okay, ended the last then, then it was, I was wondering if they didn't, if the game ends, then in some ways the game becomes a solvable problem, right? In which there is, in theory, like a ceiling on how fat like what your score could be if you were to play the game well enough if, if it caps at whatever the ending is you know what i mean whereas if it loops then there is no there is no like hard cap on on the score um well also i think that there may be a hard cap on the score because the the new run is a new run the game oh, treats it as a new run the you highest can just keep playing Right. So you can, but here's the thing you can shave milliseconds off. Like, that's like, there is a, I'm sure, a theoretical maximum time. But I think the human limit is going to be significantly under that because the maximum score is going to require such a perfect confluence of factors that you have no control over. And that's, you know, again, you know what enemies are going to come in what order. You don't know where they are, and you can mo- you can manipulate that order, but you have to be really careful about manipulating that order. There's this one combo that I really try. I, I've been trying to get down um, effectively, and it requires me to spawn certain enemies in a certain order, and I've been fucking it up by like less than a second. And I'm like, if I get this, I will be able to take out half the screen in one shot. Uh, and I can't because I've been just slightly getting the timing off on trying to figure out how to spawn the right enemy at the right time. So I get a power up and a crystal I can shoot the power up into at the same time as this enemy. It's extremely mechanically dense in a way that like my brain lashes onto almost unlike anything else I've ever played. There is no score attack game that does what hyper demon does to my brain i can't stop thinking about it yeah it sounds sounds like what happened to you is like my reaction to boomerang x from a little while back uh, (laughs) a game that 30 seconds in like oh this is different in that my reaction to it is different and feels primal in a way that i don't feel with a lot with a lot of games like you just your brain latches to it in a way Mm -hmm. that that even the designers can't can't intend i mean the only comparison I can think of for what Hyperdemon is, is there is this, um, there's this French playwright, kind of, called Antonin Artaud, who in the early 20th century comes up with this idea called the Theater of Cruelty. And the idea of the Theater of Cruelty is a bunch of plays that are functionally impossible to put on. 
Uh, it is shit like a star breaks open on the stage and rains blood and viscera down onto the audience, and then a scorpion walks on from stage right, like a live scorpion, to the left. And Artaud's theory was that if you if you hit people with maximum visual stimuli, maximum overwhelming information, right, it can shock them out of their accustomment to the baseness of reality, which for Artaud, because he was, I believe, a, a radical leftist, he was trying to get people to develop class consciousness by shocking them out of accepting the world as it is by hitting them with the maximum amount of visual stimuli possible. That is the only comparison I can think of for Hyperdemon. It is the video game version of the theater of cruelty. I, I, it, is, it is so deep in my brain now. Well, that sounds very cool. And I look forward to watching you and other people play it. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is out now uh, uh, on, P- on PC, on Steam. Uh, and if for some reason you find that game too much it is worth saying if you think the mechanics are interesting like and somehow you miss devil daggers go back and check that out um uh, because that gives you a little taste without um a fisheye lens attached to it uh we're gonna take a little break come back and talk some more games Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Kato. You oh. were playing. I don't know much about this game. I just know that when I pasted a code, you went, "Ah, the new game from X, Cosmo D." For, uh, Betrayal at Club Low was set this one up for me. Yeah, so Betrayal at Club Low is the new game from Cosmo D, who uh, I famously mis misinterpreted one of his games as a oh? uh, a photography game once because. Mm. There's a there's a very good photography mechanic that you get introduced to early on, so early that I hadn't hit the. Uh, I talked about this on Waypoint Radio. I was like, "This they pitched it as a photography game, and then we're contacted by the developer." And it's <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I was like, "No, you just didn't get to the actual thing." Because I got so engrossed in like spending a like two a solid two hours wandering that space and like photographing things this is like um, the equivalent of you uh, don't put a solitaire game in your your game because <laughs> someone like kato or rob will just spend hours playing the solitaire game instead yeah yeah um and like uh the kind of um kind of through line for a lot of uh cosmo d's like work is a sort of surrealist like uh 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 landscape that is always it's always in some city but like there's like buildings that have like that are made out of heads and 
the the one that I was talking about before that is not a photography game, but happens to have good photography in it is called Tales from Off Peak City. Um, and um, there's always like this kind of disconcerting uh, notion to like all of the people that are in these games. The models are always kind of off. It's got a really mm-hmm. fun uh, aesthetic to them. Um, and this game specifically is a sort of um, kind of like a CRPG riff in the style of I would say the closest thing to it is probably uh um uh disco Elysium where you have You don't make pizzas in Disco Elysium. No Kato, and I'm don't. looking up screenshots in this game <laughs> and, and it pizzas. says the time has come to make some serious pies. Yeah. And those yeah. pizzas look <laughs> delicious. Um, and that your conditions are wet and injured. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're wet and this is yeah. Okay, so basically, think like CRPG situation, except like you know, you have your regular, you have like wisdom, observation, music, you know, regular skill to have cooking, regular skills that you all have in these kinds of games, um, and essentially each of those skills is associated with a dice. And when you come upon something that like in the world you want to interact with, you roll these dice against, um something something opposing it like so if if you're trying to convince someone you're basically your opponent is that person's like obstinance or so for example yeah no, here's, a, here's, here's a good example of this i posted a couple of screenshots in yeah our, in our, our chat yeah. where you have uh <laughs> it's like guards gullibility versus your, your deception. deception um oh this is very good because you've got the head-to-head rolling if you play this game go into the options before you even start it there's two rolling options there's classic and head to head. Please, I beg of you, play with the head to head version. It's what's the di- what is the difference? Just- classic is just like it rolls the dice on the screen and they just like roll like there's a flat surface there, uh, uh-huh. and then like you get your answers. Head to head, which is what you've pasted here in our in our chat, is there's two heads kind of floating in space and there's like a little um spinning platform in the middle where the brain should be that spins and then your dice drop in from the top and hit the little spinning platform then drop out the neck onto like a flat <laughs> plane where that's where the they settle and you get your what your role is so essentially yeah it's it's great it's so silly like this is kind of the the like the like um uh, uh vibes of this game kind of wrapped up in this kind of very weird, like the, it's all this kind of weird, slightly off kilter sort of uh, feeling, aesthetic, and vibes. You roll against uh, whatever you're like, yeah, the guard's gullibility versus how deceptive you are. Uh, and essentially, um, you can re roll a couple times, but what's important is how these dice come to be. Uh, so there's like your base statistic of like, here's how good you are at deception. You can upgrade the whole the whole dice and make every face on it go up by one by paying a certain amount of money, like a big amount of money. Or if you want to make one face go up by one, say like you want to upgrade from a, a four to a five, you do like pay a certain amount and like one side of that die is now a, a five instead. Hmm. Um. So yeah, there's like this kind of variability. And the way that you get... um. Uh, the, the 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 thing that you're putting into there is not like skill points; it's money. Uh, so you see at the top of these uh things, there's like a, just a wad of cash with a us uh how much money you have on the side, and you get money both by just winning rolls and also through your pizza dice. So 
you find various pizza ingredients in the world and every once oh, so in a while. This isn't a mini game. You should. I kind of. This is not a mini game. This game. You should have forwarded <laughs> from the top. Oh, there's dice. Oh, like a compelling setting. Pizza, 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 pizza. pizza. Oh, like, fuck. I the, want a pizza. Yeah, now I want pizza for Liner. Uh, no, the, I'm in Liner right now. The, I'm in pizza. The overarching, pizza the overarching like plot is that you're a secret agent going into a club, Club Low, to save a separate secret agent that has gone uh, missing, uh, and you are disguised as a pizza delivery guy who also uh. happens to be able to make pizza because you got to be really convincing about your disguise. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, like, <laughs> look up these screenshots on Steam. There was one with a... I mean, this game has mostly just in the... I mean, obviously, the aesthetic is, as you said, really interesting, and I don't even know how to describe it, really, yeah. but, it, but, like... Frequently in games that have like high resolution images, they tend to be everywhere. And this game doesn't really have that. I mean, it has it in some places, but in specifically, the pizzas have the highest of high resolutions 4K yeah. HDR scanned Look at in that pizza pizzas. cheese. Scanned in photos of pizza. I want, I want to know. It's so I good. Know. That margarita Developer looks so good. I want to right eat it so in. bad. Did you take that photo? Where'd you get that? Is that like Getty Images? Getty Images pizza? pizza? Where is that? Where is that coming from? I'm order my great pizza um, right now. So as essentially, you you find different pizza, uh, different uh, pizza dice that you're putting your own uh, toppings on, and so these toppings uh, are mostly. This is kind of how you start to generate more money uh, after you after you do like a kind of sl- uh, a small intro without the pizza. Um, one of my pizza die is just every every side has like two bucks, except for one side that has four bucks, and that's like different cheeses. The mozzarella cheese is four bucks, and then like the like mm. the like fancy like but like you know like the the boule, that's the four buck, and then you got the shitty mozzarella for the two bucks. <laughs> um, and there's like one of them is an eggplant. Which is really good. The eggplant is if you land on that side, you can re-roll your opposition's dice. And another way that you get more in different dice is through conditions. So in some of in in a bunch of these, uh, you see your conditions. Like for example, the first one, you're wet and injured, um, and those mm-hmm. will be dice that have different effects. Uh, usually, the negative ones will have negatives uh, to your rolls. Some of them have positives and negatives because it's kind of funny to consider what if you like being wet and then that'll what, that'll make you better I, at things <laughs> why am i wet and injured do you know uh yeah i know why you're wet probably at this point looking at where that is it's because you um either drank and or pulled something mysterious out of a puddle in the middle of the street in new york uh yeah well, okay <laughs> or not new york. i don't know if it's actually new york but it's just like it, it, it then between the pizza and other things yeah. it, it definitely feels like a new york analog at least um and yeah like uh part of the part of the kind of like the rhythm of the game is doing a bunch of side silly side things like drinking from the puddle in order to get conditions that may or may not help you do other things by giving you these condition dice which only last for the very next roll and then they go away so you're like Mm. you're kind of you you, there's a sense of like exploration where you kind of want to do a bunch of stuff 
to see what other conditions what you get right or to waste a bad a negative condition on something you don't care about like i had like a really bad one where uh it was like negative there were like two faces on it that were like negative fives and i was like i don't want to roll smelling that. like the city is one of the conditions yeah, in this yeah that's that's one of the earliest things you can get and it's Jesus. like you act you walk you walk over a like open sewer and then you have to you either use your constitution basically to uh, breathe it in and not puke, or <laughs> you you can use your like uh, other uh. physical one to like hold your breath, or like you can use your cooking, your cooking skill in order to pick out what the different smells are because you're mm. so good at cooking and smelling aromas that you can be like, I can just intellectualize this problem and, and walk past it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. The, 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 the amount, strat. Yeah. The amount of different, like the, the, there's never a, there's, there's always like one that is going to be like the obvious, like this is just a normal response to this thing happening. And the rest of them are going to be ridiculous in some way or another. Like they're like, like the, what if I just really focused on trying to pick out what the bad smells are so that I can think about how those bad smells came to be and uh, therefore distract myself from how bad it is making me feel, <laughs> right? Incredible. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's a really fun game that kind of pushes exploration by having these condition dice that only last for your next roll. And then you like end up picking up other condition dice by failing with your next roll. And they kind of stack in funny ways. Um, the story is very kind of silly and nonsensical. You're trying to like get into this club and there's like multiple different ways. And I ended up opening up like every way just to kind of mess around with what all the like... It's one of it's one of those like I want to see what all the interactions are gonna be, even if like yeah. I already found the back way into this club. But I noticed that ladder over there. I'm like, I'm wondering what I can do with that fucking ladder. Like what kind of hijinks is this game gonna throw at me? And it's it's never let me down when I've gone to go like do that, even though it's not quote unquote necessary to do the next thing in the game, you know? Um This game is strong. Uh I need to play it before I put put my game of the year list right. together vibes and yeah. then all of a sudden i'm like trying to find a way to sneak this on to <laughs> right, number like, seven it's like number it's it's gonna get in there somehow <laughs> it's like ah oh, shit this is really good i'm gonna yeah. play it on december 7th on an afternoon that i take off from from writing um yeah this sounds really cool i i, I literally just added it to my steam library so i could can check this out it also seems like it's a pretty short like a one sitting game if you if you yeah if you like hours. really want to I how much did I play? Like I play like two hours, but I'm like doing everything possible. I'm thinking you could probably right get through it in like three total. But yeah. um, yeah. yes, is it just goofy, or do you feel like there's something there? I is there is there a, is there a thing here? Does this game does this game have a thing it believes? I I think it might. It's hard to tell because I feel like I've been doing all of the things enough that it's it hasn't hit yet. But there's definitely something about mm-hmm. how everyone everyone always responds to you is like like they they're as as a pizza delivery person and often that comes with not disdain exactly but a sort of sense of like like we're not gonna even, we're not gonna acknowledge you because you are kind of an, an unimportant person in like the periphery like sure go ahead pizza delivery guy um, so I think there might be something there but like I haven't yet seen if like that that bears out into something overarching that it's gonna be saying or if it's more like that it's just like the way that they want to talk about uh you know 
being in this sort of work. Oh, you got a margarita margarita pizza. Oh shit! Yeah, Kara yeah. sent Kara yeah. sent this picture, and I got so hungry that I decided to order a margarita pizza <laughs> mid conversation. Got to do what your body amazing. Tells you you got to do so. It'll I'm, be I'm I'm happy for future for future Ren. Uh, I'm also happy for current Patrick uh, for two reasons. One, mm-hmm. uh, I'll get into this more on Monday once I've had a chance to play a little further. But immediate two thumbs up to Return to Monkey Island, the new Monkey Island adventure oh, game. Nice. Uh, uh, it's a, a brand new adventure from uh, Ron Gilbert and Dave. I, I I know it's not Wasserman. That's the pollster person. Dave Grossman, <laughs> I believe, is the co-writer uh, on that. Uh, I, I get, there's some specific things I want to call out in that, but just like as a heads up, it's awesome. Love the first 90 minutes that I've played. Cannot wait to play uh, more of it. Um, and I actually think it's a really terrific entry if – you have not played an adventure game before, aren't used to the stylings of them. I'll get into the specifics of how it kind of like grants passage to folks who don't just have the ingrained nostalgia uh, on next week's podcast. But uh, early signs are extremely, extremely good. Nice. Um, the game that sort of took me by surprise that I didn't intend to spend a bunch of time with and then did was uh, Shovel Knight Dig, uh, which is a new spinoff from Shovel Knight. Uh, Shovel Knight is a... Jeez, that came out in like 2014, a long, long time ago, originally for the Wii U, um, and then it's since come to everything, uh, is an exceptional, exceptional action platformer. Just really well made, both a terrific homage to the genre while also doing its own creative spins on some really well-worn mechanics and conventions, specifically the dig mechanic and using that as sort of a jump and platforming thing. Um... They their Kickstarter was so successful. They did all these expansions for years. That game was supposed to be done, and then their entire team spent like another four years building really, really exciting expansions to it. Most of which I played it, it like two months before COVID, in which I was the sickest I've ever been and had like a hundred and three point five fever for four days. And I don't remember those expansions very well. I know I enjoyed them in the brief bits that I had. Bit, like uh, bouts of consciousness as I waited for the the virus to to leave me. <laughs> um, they put out a spinoff, uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, which is like a more puzzle centric uh, one. Not maybe ma- I forget exactly what the puzzle like if it's a match three or I don't know. I, all I know is I played like twenty minutes of it, immediately disliked it, and and bounced off it. And so as a result, it was not made by Yacht Club Games who who made uh, Shovel Knight. And so my expectations were actually pretty low for Shovel Knight Dig, although it's a different developer. My thought was, well, it's nice that they're trying to make other Shovel Knight games while they work on, uh, they have a game called Mina the Explorer. Mina, I think, Mina? Mina the Explorer that's coming out where you, uh, it's it's an overhead 2D kind of Zelda-ish game. Mm. And you play as Rob Zachary's dog. Hmm? Where you play as Rob Zachney's dog. God, I wish. Um, <laughs> and then they're also working on a big 3D game uh, that's like the big follow-up to Shovel Knight. But uh, Mina, so, well, maybe I just don't like... Mina the Hollower. Mina the Hollower. So I was right about the, the, the Mina, Mina part. Yeah. Um, and Oh, it's still... So a, I it get, is an, anima- an animal, though. It's so cute. It is an animal. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's, you know, maybe that is Mina, Rob's dog's spirit animal, is <laughs> Mina the Hollower, for all we know. Um <laughs> And so I prayed low expectations for Shovel Knight Dig. Uh, and so I, you know, got early access to it uh, earlier this week, booted it up, and am immediately greeted by a game that has, like, Shovel Knight is, like, NES-era 8-bit sort of approach. Not, like, completely 
got to be exactly what the hardware was capable of, but evoking that style. Mm-hmm. This is Shovel Knight with like 16-bit SNES era graphics. It's, it's beautiful. It's transformed Shovel Knight into a uh, a roguelite more than a roguelike. I mean, obviously, it shares the same structure of going on runs uh, and then uh, 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 like coming back and starting all over again, losing your progress. But in the roguelite model where there are there is some sense of progress that is happening between runs or you're unlocking new abilities or or new armor sets that that is here um but it is sort of a modern take on Mr. Driller or Dig Dug mm. um in which you are you have the action elements of sort of attacking enemies that are in your way while constantly burrowing down and the burrowing that you're doing with Shovel Knight's shovel in addition to obviously attacking enemies you can swing it forward and you can kind of pogo bounce between between enemies to do damage uh you know there's like there's there's money littered everywhere or power-ups or or objects that unlock secret things throughout the world that are constantly baiting you into doing da- more dangerous things than just like getting to a little bit deeper getting to the next area um it does a really wonderful job of translating basically everything that was good about shovel knight to a genre that uh as the way I put it in my kind of pseudo review, because I didn't really play enough of it to call it like a formal review, but was sort of just a, my, a deep impression so far is that like Hades, Spelunky, Dead Cells are some of my favorite games of all time. Like all three would rank somewhere in my top 20. And yet it's not a genre that I like when I played Souls and Souls clicked, I was like, I'll I'll play your ugly ass shitty soul spinoff from a developer I've never heard of because I just need more of that while I while I wait for the next hit. Like roguelikes aren't the same way. I I don't think about them. I don't. I'm not seeking out them. In fact, usually I see games in which I really like the premise and go, "Oh no, it's in a roguelike." Like, <laughs> Curse to golf. Kind of. I ended up not liking the final version of Curse to golf no. very much because it's really well designed, plays great, uh-huh. and I just don't want to play it in the structure that right. it's in. Um, right. And that's not even necessarily the game's fault. I. It's hard for me to even necessarily because of my feelings on the structure is curse to golf doing anything wrong or is that just the baggage I'm taking with how I would rather play this game to it? I, d- I don't know. But what I can say is not only does shovel Knight did get over that hump to justify, Hey, spending time in an action game that I might want in a more traditional single player sort of setting. But I actually think the roguelike stuff is like really well done, satisfying, not just justified, but elevates the the game they were setting out to make, um, and it's just really, really well done from 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 top to bottom. I'm having a, an exceptionally good time with the Shovel Knight dig. Nice. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm looking. It might be the game I've been trying struggling between. Should I keep playing it or should I save it for a stream? Mm-hmm. Because there is nothing more satisfying than playing a roguelike on stream, and so I might. I might pause where I'm at with Shovel Knight Dig and then do a couple of streams uh, with it just so I can. Oh, hell yeah. The sharing the discovery of like playing Spelunky, uh, Spelunky with Scoops at Giant Bomb is like one of my all-time favorite things that I've ever done on the internet because it was like the, the joy of learning a game alongside an audience is 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 delightful. Um, I don't think Shovel Knight Dig has that has quite that depth uh, to it, but uh, it also doesn't seem nearly as difficult as a Spelunky. There's not a lot of one-hit deaths. I've... It seemed to have gotten to the third area, and I think there were only four. So I don't think it's a game that meant to take dozens of hours to finish. But uh, it's really good. It's on everything, including Apple Arcade. I don't think this would work very well with touch controls, but mm-hmm. you can you can connect any number of controllers to every 
Apple device these days. And there's those really good, uh, what do you call them? Backbone um, controller things that uh, they would make this work really well on a on a phone. So that is Shovel Knight Dig. Let's take a quick dip into the question bucket. Uh, Eddie, I Waypoint Crew. The spooky season just around the corner, or as Patrick would argue, already here. I agree. <laughs> Once the 12 foot skeleton goes up, spooky season has arrived. Yeah. And also seems to have unlocked spooky season for the other neighbors. Like, oh, oh, they put up the skeleton. Oh, thank God I can start putting out my stuff and not be yeah. judged for it. Um, what if you make a spooky neighborhood? Wait, Patrick, what if this is the beginning of, of, of the little ghouls neighborhood? Well, I it um are this was not the the, the sole responsibility of the twelve foot skeleton, but um so, some neighbors that we became good friends with over the course of the pandemic, and then they realized that Katie and I were as into spooky season as one can be. Uh, like maybe we should bring back our adult Halloween party. I was like, I'd go to that, and so that's I got a Facebook invite. Yeah, because that's 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 it was like all oh, this you know the adult Halloween is back on. So yes, I think you're right. I think we are we are we are uh, manifesting. A town <laughs> in our neighborhood slowly but surely Amazing. you're causing a change in your community that is through... look i'm advocating for Kelly. a spooky neighborhood you yeah. know we advocate for different things i um, i want to go to patrick's neighborhood i want to i want i want someone to drive through patrick's neighborhood and just have it be every house a 12 oh, foot skeleton all year know, round that much like uh, <laughs> welcome to the court systems, as much as I'd like to radicalize the neighborhood overnight, it's sort of a long-term investment that I'm just going to yeah. have to see the fruits of um, in the years to come. Uh, anyway, from Eddie, way, hi, Wimpergoo, with Spooky Season just around the corner, what weird or supernatural thing do you actually believe in? Aliens, ghosts, chupacabra. Extra point if you have a story about an encounter with said weird thing to share on the pod. Love the show. Eddie. I, w- I, mean, I can I say that I wish I believed in ghosts? Would love to yeah. believe in ghosts. Can you tell me? Can a I fun say the story? things that I I I wish I believed in? Because I, I don't. I can't. I can't say that I subscribe to. Can you accompany it with a fun story? That's. The, I think that's. The, I think that's the. That's the deciding <laughs> line. Because if you're like, I wish werewolves were, were real, and here's the time that I learned they weren't. Like that's that's something. Well, uh, the opposite of that is there's a famous story that a someone that was close enough to my family that we, we would call them an aunt, but they you know weren't technically uh, yeah. related. She always tells the story, uh, Briar, the Briar Wolf, the Briar. I forget the exact. It's a story she's told as long as I have have known her that she's been in our lives about um, this. Ha- she for a long time lived in a house in Wisconsin way out in the sticks. I mean, there are no street lights. You are a mile between houses. You are cut off. I mean, you're only 10 minutes from like a proper city, but it's, it's a long 10 minutes. Uh, and there was a night where, I mean, what she describes as howling coming while she was in bed that she could only describe as half human half wolf like she 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 would tell us and 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 like no bullshit when i as an adult like she's like that wasn't a bit like i I don't know what to tell you like i heard something that sounded like coughed like a person and then 
I, I would hear howling. She's like, there are like, she's like, you do hear stuff out there in the middle of the, the like these farming areas, but you don't usually hear them together and you don't usually hear them outside of your bedroom window. Um, and she's, she sticks by that story decades uh, later with a, with a straight face. And even when she's super drunk and you're just like, just tell me it's fake. Like, it's okay. You can drop the bit. Never dropped it. Hell yeah. That rules. <laughs> um, I might be a bit of a ghost person. Like I, I, I have, I have specific feelings about ghosts. What's the specific Which, feeling about a ghost? I don't think that ghosts are, I don't think that like ghosts in the traditional sense, like I don't think, I don't think a specific specter mm. is going to get your ass. However, I do think that vibes do seep into places uh, in enough to enough of a degree that it becomes functionally inseparable from being a ghost. Like, <laughs> like I think that if you places are there, haunted, yeah, yes, exactly. Places can is this, be is this like, like, like you know, when uh, Alex Navarro uh, of Next Lander, uh, I know that like him and his partner will go, they like, like on when they go on vacation, they will like some people like specifically seek out like murder houses or you know, like. And stay in a hotel where awful things occurred because it seems spooky and cool. Or is this different? I think I think that is a that is a version of it. The, the, the mm-hmm. example that I always have is that I grew up in a small town in rural Ohio. Not not totally small, but it's like twenty thousand people. Right? Uh, uh, used to be a manufacturing town. Eventually, all the factories shut. It was a farming town and then a manufacturing town. Eventually, all that shit shuts down. But behind the middle school I went to. There's this old unused trail, like unused trail uh, that goes back a, a ways, right? And if you could follow it like 50, 100 feet back, not that far, but far enough back in the woods where you can't get construction equipment. Uh, and I've checked with people who've lived in the area their entire lives. There has never been a building in that area, uh, in that specific area of the woods. There is just like mounds of concrete and rebar feet deep in the ground like like buried feet deep in the ground mounds of concrete and rebar um and i used to go there a lot um when i was in my teens uh just by myself to like think i took a picture of it once uh, and showed it to a friend of mine and uh they immediately went this picture makes me feel worse than anything I've ever seen. And I cannot (laughs) tell you why. And I was like, interesting. And they were like, yeah, I've been to like the sites of great tragedies. And this makes me feel way, way worse. And so over the course of many years, uh, after my grandfather passed away, because my grandma and grandpa lived on the same road, I started going there as opposed to their graves. Because I was like, I think this is it. Like, this is the place that actually embodies those people for me is this inexplicable mass of concrete and rebar in the middle of the woods that like draws attention to the incongruity between this old industrial town and it's like farming history and all of the people who wanted to leave but never could and that is a spot that to me that's haunted, that's haunted. there's spooky shit there 100 mm. if, like if you're not if you're not chill it'll fuck you up <laughs> i bet i bet i bet if you show up there and you suck you're done. You're done, Ski. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is also because my grandmother is the kind of white woman who walks up to her grandchildren and is like, I think you might have the gift. You're the only one in the family who has the gift. <laughs> what? Amazing. Amazing. The, the gift. Yeah. My grandmother gift. was like, 
here's the thing. I never tell anyone about the fact that my um that I that I've talked to my dead brother's ghost. She's like, I've never told anyone else in the family this, but you, you, Renata, I will tell that I have chatted with my brother's ghost. Uh, wow. And I was like, yeah, DDs. And she was like, yep. Yeah. And I was like, I'm 17. I'm old enough where I know this isn't a bit for you. This is not <laughs> this is not a grandmother doing a fun one. Right. This is this is my grandmother being as serious as she is capable wow. of being. Damn. Uh, I think nice. ghosts being real would be cool. It would be like, so sick. I'm- uh, be nice to have confirmation. There's something after all of this. I'll just take that as a baseline. Uh, it's like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> well, we'll see what's on the other side there. And then also, just you know, maybe you can bump into. Who knows? I like it. Kato, any any of these uh, ring anything to mind? Any supernatural conspiracy beliefs you want to get off your chest? I mean, aliens are real, and oh, the yeah. government knows about them. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and that's easy. That's we easy. all know that. We all know that. Yeah. Wow. But like I, I literally I do believe that like they I exist. Not. Is but is it but is this a because of the vastness of space mathematically it's impossible for them. To, there to has to be, be intelligent life. Yeah. Or partially, or like partially that near. and then like um I don't know. I like really was obsessed as a kid. To the point of giving myself like nightmares for easy like two years that like aliens were real and I definitely thought they were coming down to like I don't know I don't know what they were gonna do target you yeah you were gonna get yes, the chip. I was gonna I was gonna be picked up at some point slash you ever see communion so like Christopher Walken no. movie okay don't <laughs> I mean like and my like, dad spooky. oh sorry please Kata oh uh, just like. I have very vivid memories that were obvious that like I, I have said our dreams of like figures outside of the window that have Ooh. weird shaped heads uh, of like my childhood home that like Let's go. when I, when I go there, I'm like have once in a while, like fallen into that dream again or like it, like it's just like, it's about something about that childhood room that Hell I lived in. Oh yeah! It's like, oh, I feel like why does it happen when I'm here? So, and it's like somehow, somehow you have told a similar story to. I think your experience just supports Ren's theory of the vibes. Yeah, the vibes, the vibes, something, the vibes of of that house. I don't know what it is. They're off in a in a alien specific way, though. I feel like. that, that, that. Yeah, that that house is haunted with aliens. By aliens. <laughs> um. Kato, if it helps, my uh, not to return to my weird family, uh, but my dad uh, has written multiple articles uh, for uh, relatively well-known UFO Let's enthusiast magazines. Um, uh, a, a few, a few times now, as part of his very weird arc, and so I'm, I'm right there with you, Kato. Yeah, that, oh, yes. that, that, that belief of my father's has rubbed off, rubbed off on me. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're real. They're around. I mean, we've all seen the fucking Navy footage at this point, right? The fucking and also the fact that they keep being like, we could we, not we, show we, you this. We don't we, know what we, this we is. We fucked up so bad. <laughs> Whoops. Well, yeah. Was, did you see? Nope. The possibilities of what's <laughs> actually out there. Oh God! God I saw Nope. I'd much movie. rather they were, uh, you know, googly-eyed gray aliens than <laughs> yeah. what, what, what you find in Nope. God. Oh, ah yeah. shit. Evangelion is real. 
really quickly, uh, one other question from Marcel. Hi there, gamers at Vice.com. That's good. Uh, I recently found myself finishing Steel Rising, even though I disliked many aspects of the game. Same thing happened with Thymesia. Give me a mediocre Souls-like and I will enjoy the hell out of it, despite all its shortcomings. Except Neo, because the amount of loot in that game gives me anxiety. Do you have a type of genre uh, uh, or game that makes you forget about all the bad because it speaks to a very potent part of your brain? Also, to answer Rob's question about Steel Rising from a few weeks ago, it does get into political intrigue about halfway through the game. The focus then shifts to you talking to a lot of historical figures and in some cases even choosing sides. It's not exactly subtle, but it's a nice change for the genre, given that Souls-likes tend to be vague for the sake of it. Anyways, love the pod. Even the what about sports, despite not knowing anything about American football, assuming the Bears are engaged in that type of sport. <laughs> That's wonderful. Greetings, uh, Marcel. Um... Kind of are like roguelike deck builders that for you? I mean, yeah, I, that's this is the thing I was gonna say. It's like mine's easy. There's a fucking bit that we do about it. It's yeah. not even roguelike. It's like card based mechanics, mm-hmm. right? Like I was playing that fucking GBA game, that Dragon Ball GBA game, which is not very right. good, but it was. But well, it got cards. Ca- it's got cards, and it was interesting. Like I like Dragon Ball enough that I like you know put a solid five hours into that thing. It's very slow. No one should play that game. It takes forever for anything to happen because, uh, I don't know, probably, I don't know if it was actually like uh, hardware limitations or not, but it's just like every transition takes an hour to like go by. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were card mechanics and the card mechanics were like interesting enough. Uh, so yeah, it's like car- cards, card-based battle systems, card games, themselves generally will yeah, draw I mean, me sometimes in. it's just a card game like, yeah like like for me it's like platformers like i've right. played countless mediocre platformers that are trying to do something different or interesting because the very basic interaction of jump is 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 like the one that speaks to me the most as as a player and so the quickest way to get me baited into trying something that doesn't look very good but is trying something interesting is to like make jumping the primary verb (laughs) for me because i will just okay well i want to see how that feels i want to see how i rate that against other other games that are playing in similar spaces and so yeah i'm it's not a card but it's like press a to jump all right i will (laughs) (laughs) done that before do that again I don't think there's anything that I'll play to the end because I don't finish video games uh, broadly as a person. It's something I do uh, I do very, very infrequently. However, uh, I think that... <clears throat> I think for me it might be something closer to like a traditional roguelike because uh, like the amount of time I've put into Caves of Could, if I see another cool one of those, of like a cool game of that caliber, I will mm-hmm. 100% try in a heartbeat. Ooh, I love it so much. Uh the other, uh, the other version of this is um, sometimes when I get really sad, uh, I have two genres of games I always return to when very depressed. Uh, and those genres are um, totally fine roguelites, like uh, Skull the Hero Slayer was one of them that I put a ton of hours into when I was very, very sad. That's uh, that, like, uh, that, that style of, of action roguelite. The other is Nintendo 3DS JRPGs. Generally, (laughs) from three years before whatever the current year is. 
Mm-hmm. If there's mm-hmm. a Nintendo 3 in that, here's the problem with this genre is that it's, 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 it no longer exists as of 2022. I can't find new ones anymore. So I'm going to have <laughs> to break the three-year rule. But there is a very particular Renata tradition of getting extremely depressed in the month of March and then being like, well, let me open up the Nintendo 3DS eShop and see what's on there. Let's 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 really explore the space. Let's find some let's find some weird shit. Oh hell yeah. Oh this oh this is a Shimagami Tensei game that's actually a tactics game? Sure. Fuck me up. That game rules. Shout out to the Devil Survivor Overclocked series. And that is that is probably mine. Uh is is weird RPGs in parentheses only when sad. Gotcha. Very cool. Well you can send uh questions into the question bucket. Uh, at uh, gamingatvice.com with the uh, subject head questions. Um, that's going to do it for the podcast today. Like I said, trying to keep it a little uh, short because you got so much else to listen to. You got, you know, we are in your ears. That is not a problem mm. uh, this week. Don't, don't you worry. Um, if you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube at Waypoint Vice, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Waypoint. Uh, this podcast is brought to you ad-free if you happen to be a subscriber of waypointplus.com. That also is getting you lots of podcasts early before anyone else, including the uh, second episode of the sports podcast that I'm doing with Rob Zachney, in which we introduced sad voicemails to the conversation. <laughs> and uh, I don't just mean because that's all the people put in. I just mean that's going to be the only things that we air. You ha- You have to have upsetting stories about sports. That can be... Your team has been mired in mediocrity, much like our Chicago Bears. It could also be the story that uh, about a person tearing both ACLs tragically while playing soccer, which is one of the stories that we listen to on the podcast. And it was it's, the person who sent the voicemail? Yeah. The short version is they tore their ACL, like playing a soccer game in, I think, high school, went through the six months of recovery and rehab and five minutes into playing soccer upon the return, immediately tore the other one because they were favoring the leg. It's b- oh. brutal. But brutal is what that podcast is about. It is oh. about some people are doing analytics and like, how to the wonderful game. Like, no, we're here to feel like shit. <laughs> and we're here to we're here for all the other people that feel like shit. And we're going to commiserate uh, together over uh, beers and a podcast. So give that a listen. We also have. Uh, by the time you listen to this, the Waypoint Plus subscribers will have access to uh, the uh, My Turn of Alien, as picked by and hosted by Ren. Uh, that'll go up. The football pod, the sports pod, well, because we talk about not just football. The sports pod goes up on Saturday for everyone else in the main feed. And then uh, Alien will go up next Thursday in the main feed uh, for for everybody else or Wednesday. I don't know. Do we stick to a week or does it just go up on Wednesdays? Eh, we could do. It's usually Wednesday. No okay. one's quite we'll sure. We, we pushed sure. it. We pushed it Thursday. Early. Look at we that. Could have a day early. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. It'll go. It'll go up Wednesday or Thursday. Something <laughs> like that. Everything's all thrown off because we're doing too many pods now. Um, and uh, so if you want that again, you can listen to those early and without ads uh, by signing up at waypointplus.com. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is "Miss You" off the EP "Pale Machine." Uh, you can learn more at waypoint.zone/bowen. Also. We uh we write stuff occasionally, not as much as we used to, but we still do. Uh, Ren, you wrote about uh Hyperdemon. Hyperdemon makes every other vision of hell feel like a bad first draft. Excellent headline. Um, also uh did a review of Splatoon three. Splatoon three ref- uh, refines a great idea but fails to innovate. 
Um, and I wrote uh, a piece about Shovel Knight Dig. Shovel Knight Dig turns an excellent platformer into an awesome roguelike. So check that out and uh, more things occasionally at waypoint.vice.com. Uh, but that is going to do it. You can follow me at Patrick Klopik. Kato, where can people follow you? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Ren. At Ren or Raven. That's it. Us calling time on this podcast. We will talk to you next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go Bears. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Well, that's fun. Hey. Oh, that's cute. You should have the sports pod with that. That should be the sign up. That should be the sign up for the sports cap, the sports podcast. But no, no, no. Came on that in real time. I was about to say capitalism. I'm like, C is close to B. Bears, let's go. You You should only do it for the sports pod if you say it through tears. Uh, at the end of every at the end of every episode uh so you gotta you gotta give the fuck capitalism with your whole chest it's like fuck capitalism <gasps> go, go, go bears. bears go bears uh, is the sports podcast just gonna be called uh fuck sports ah fuck, oh, fuck. sports i don't know <laughs> so, god, god damn it <laughs> yeah, ah god damn it a sports podcast <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, fuck um, me, a sports podcast. Basically.